0: Welcome to another episode of The Verge, where today we have Gretchen Britt from Liberty Hospital. She's the vice president
1: of IT there.
0: Welcome, Gretchen.
1: Hey, Rebecca. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here today.
0: Awesome. How is Kansas City area? Are you sunny,
1: warm? Um, You know, it was kind of raining this morning. It's been humid as heck. My office is actually very stuffy today. It's, It's that time of year where we're having trouble already keeping up. So you're like hot and sweaty in the morning, and they freeze you out in the afternoon.
0: Yeah, but the AC, our AC is broken in my office, and um, my husband is not too happy about that. So hopefully we'll Uh. we'll get that fixed here. But it's it's cool; like the windows are open, so it's not too bad. That's Um, good. That's good. So thanks, thanks for jumping on, jumping into my hot seat, Uh, and we'd love to you know get to know you a little bit more and and find out what really made that what really made you decide to make that jump into the dark side, because you've done ah. some wonderful things being a nurse. And, um, and then you made jump over to IT. So can you tell us about your your background and all the amazing things we've talked about before uh, in your yeah. nursing career?
1: Yeah, so I've actually been in healthcare now for 25 years, straight out of high school, so dating myself for sure. Um started out as a a certified nurse's aide. I I got the certificate in high school and I knew I wanted to work in the hospital. I wasn't, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a nurse, but I wasn't sure when that path, you know, when that would happen. Um, I ended up learning how to scrub surgical procedures. Uh, it's the beauty of working at a small town hospital. They kind of say, are you interested in something? You say yes. And then they train you. Um, so I was working as Mm -hmm. a scrub tech when I decided to, um, go back to school and become a registered nurse. Um, So I did that and came to Liberty. At that time, I worked in the NICU at the bedside. I was a bedside nurse here for for many years, Um, you know, taking care of babies, taking care of new mamas, educating on all things newborn, and um, working in a level two NICU. I then decided I needed some more kind of critical care. So I went to Children's Mercy, which is our local children's hospital here, and I um, joined open heart surgery, and I did trauma there. And I I got some excellent critical care, which then brought me back to Liberty, to the NICU. Um, you know, I worked, I worked uh, as a, a bedside nurse for quite a long time. And then I found myself doing extra things where I then lobbied for a position in our NICU called a, a charge nurse. I just wanted somebody to be in charge to help manage those things on the back end. So that kind of set me on a leadership path within the NICU. So still doing the bedside, but then getting to do different operational things and, um, started getting involved in different IT projects and anything, you know, out there that I could get involved in. I tried to do that, um, basically inserted myself wherever I wanted to be. So, um, Mm -hmm. at that time I was able to then become our, our supervisor of our whole birthing center. And did that for several years. And I was that that nurse that helped everybody else with their um, documentation, that helped our physicians with their documentation. And, um, you know, anything that I could do with process improvement, I was really looking for how I could make things better for everyone else. So it's kind of a, a, a long, strange career that then led me over to the informatics side.
0: What is your... Um most memorable moment working in the NICU that you just like ah, still stands out for you yeah. today?
1: Um, actually, I uh, I have a moment that, I um, think it was 2011, I had a baby. This was actually published in the paper, so I can go into some details on it. Um, but we had a baby that was supposed to go home, had a, um, a critical aortic stenosis, so healthy out in the room, and just watching for those subtle signs that that baby mm-hmm. had. And and realizing that something wasn't quite right, and trusting your gut, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, bringing that baby in for for observation, watching, you know, we did lots of tests, working with the pediatrician, saying something is not right. I just can't put my finger on what it is. Um, Mm -hmm. That that baby later decompensated. We thankfully we were able to transfer, got him down to get the life saving care that they needed, and 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 she she did well after that. The parents actually came to see me, and um, brought me her little picture. And uh, it's a reminder every day of why we do what we do. You know, babies are like little puzzles. They cannot tell you what is wrong with them. So with with a baby, with an infant, a newborn, you have to really be watching. You have to do thorough assessments. You have to make sure that you are catching every little detail and trusting Mm -hmm. your gut when something doesn't seem right. Um, That's one example. Her picture is actually sitting here on my desk, and I look at it all the time Mm -hmm. and think, you know, this is why we do what we do is for these babies, for these mamas, for these, you know, these new families, um, for all Mm -hmm. of our patients, that the patient is number one at the forefront of everything that we do. And I mean, that memory actually, it it just, it will, it lives with me forever because I know that I took those extra steps. I, you know, it was very subtle what we we Mm -hmm. saw and, um, you know, keep putting those pieces of the puzzle together and, and keep trying to figure out what it is that's wrong. and. You know, working with our team, working with the, in partnership with the other nurses in the NICU, we, we saved a life that night. Now, that's not yeah. the only baby over the years, but that one really, really stands out for me. Um, and I mean, I had a great team here that night that, that uh, we all worked together, we stabilized, got her the care that she needed to the hospital with that tertiary care that she needed. So, you know, situations like that that'll just always stick with you as a nurse yeah I love it
0: I tell my my girls that you have two brains right your your head and then your gut and your gut tells you so much in so many different situations right so it's true I,
1: it's true because yeah. you're like oh, is she just a little dry is she breathing just a little fast that doesn't seem right you know if you right. you know had you not taken that extra look you know you just you just wonder what outcome could have could have been
0: right right um how many babies have you delivered um like what oh what's the max like Uh, Twins, triplets, quadruplets, like what, how many? Uh, uh, So for us twins, we're a
1: level two NICU here. So, and now we're actually called a, a special care nursery. But at the time that I was there, it was a level two NICU. Um and so, for me, it was twins was the most that we could do. you know we have certain uh, protocols and that you have to follow uh, if they're you know less than i think it was thirty three weeks more. of the time they had to transfer to children's mercy um those sorts of things okay. of course, anybody that walks in, you still have to stabilize and 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 transfer and do what you need to do but um yeah, twins was the most that we could do.
0: yeah, well, we thank you and all the nurses out there because i you know i've I had two girls. And I remember getting in the car, uh, with the first one in the car seat thinking, Oh my God, I wanted to take you all home with me because how am I like qualified to take this little nugget home and like actually attempt to keep her alive with no clinical background. Right. Can you just come in the car with me for like the next five years? (laughs)
1: Yeah, we actually I, I got several job oper- offers over the years from parents saying <laughs> the same thing. Please come home with us. You know, yeah. we're not ready yet. Those sorts of things, especially if you had like a, a late pretermer that was there just feeding and growing for a while. And you really bond yeah. with those with those families and spending that extra time. And they, they get used to having you there. So um, right. I've right. kept up with several babies over the years and watching them grow. And they're now graduating high school. Um, oh, so that's amazing God. to to see, you know. You started out as a little, a little preterm baby and now you're graduating high school and going to the prom and doing all those things. So it's, it's amazing.
0: It's awesome. But you all helped with so much with all of that. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so over to your, over to your IT side. So you started out working your way through the hospital in, in different management roles and, and then moved over to a physician support coordinator role where you were helping them, I'm assuming, with the EHR and and all their documentation. And so really, what was the best part about that role? What was the hardest part? And which EMR uh, were you using
1: at the time? Right. So the role of physician support coordinator was actually supposed to be just training for the Allscript Sunrise Clinical Manager that's what they hired. Our, our physicians were were feeling frustrated, um, weren't feeling heard, felt like um, they weren't getting the training that they needed. So they actually took an analyst position and mm-hmm. um, made it into this ph- physician support coordinator role. The beauty of the role was that um, there were no boundaries. There were, you know, it was, what do you want to do with this? So me being me, I'm like, well, I want to learn everything. I want to see all the technology that they're using. I want to understand how it all works and how I can help them. So it went from not only being the person that they could call for their issues, and then I, would, I was supposed to put in their tickets, but, hey, I can solve these problems. I can fix your issue. Mm-hmm. Let me help you and just get you buttoned up right now so that you can move on with your day, to training in the electronic health record, um, the Sunrise Clinical Manager, to, hey, I'm going to lead my own projects. I want to do this. I want to roll out the EPCS when we're getting ready to do our control, our controlled substances, and getting our physicians to to use eSubmit, which is a challenge for a while. They weren't really mm-hmm. into it, and it, it was, you know, it's hard to get that buy-in, but once you get buy-in mm-hmm. and you, you see the ease of use, then you get others to start doing it. So it was really fun because this was a role that had never existed, and I got to do what I wanted with it, make it what I wanted, and so now, of course, my expectations of that role are very high, that I want people that are, it takes the right personality, right? Yeah, You have yep. to be patient. You have to understand that they're not mad at you. They're mad at the system and Mm -hmm. to be able to brush it off and not get upset. Mm -hmm. um, You have to, I think, be a very social person, right? You're going to be social to go out there and put yourself out and, and do these, the, you know, be able to be comfortable talking with a physician. Um, I always felt being a, 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 a a seasoned nurse, right. Um, Gave me that edge too, that I was very comfortable with physicians. I'm comfortable speaking up when I need to. And I'm comfortable being their partner and working with them.
0: Yeah. Whenever I would work uh, with physicians and training them in EHRs and in my history, I always try to find the small wins, you know, that, that kind of yeah. get them engaged um, and, and turn their ears on. They have so many things going on and so many patients that they're um, and as well, to your point, being patient um, is always mm-hmm. is always key um, and not taking it to heart all right. of that because there's so many things yes. uh, like when I had a laptop thrown down at my feet one time um, mm-hmm. when I was uh, and, and it was just physician you know that was very upset and it wasn't anything that I particularly did but the EHR was you know being installed and they were moving from paper to EHR and and that's stressful time especially when if you yeah. look back when we installed there wasn't a lot of knowledge about the implementations or bridging those gaps between the technology and what the clinician is actually doing or how they're using it. I feel like we've come such a long way. Um, Definitely. What, what I think is, in the
1: beginning, it was more taking that um, paper and then just putting in electronic format, not yeah, let's eliminate so the bad. waste. What, yeah. Right. What can we do to make it better? How can we help you right. make those workflows better? Not just let's take this piece of paper and throw it in and make it electronic. Yeah, we've come a long right. way.
0: We ha- yes, absolutely. And now you have, you know, voice recognition and all these other things, you know, mm-hmm. to help the clinicians and providers. Um, are there any wins in terms of implementation um, and bridging the gap that you've done at Liberty to that you would want to tell our, our listeners? Um...
1: Yeah, I think um, a- A a win, I'm feeling mixed on this win right now. We're rolling out some new documentation called Working Diagnosis. Um, It's within the Sunrise Clinical Manager, and this is supposed to speed up providers' workflows, um, assist them with their documentation, better uh, assessment and plan management. And I think it's been key to get the feedback from our user group, our physician IT group, and ensuring that we're meeting their needs not trying to recreate what we were doing before, but working in partnership with them to meet their needs, I think that that has been key um, and hearing them when they're when they're you know yeah. things aren't working, you know maybe maybe we try something and you know we failed on it. Great, let's take what we failed, let's learn from that, let's back up, and let's move forward in a different direction. Um, that's been something we're rolling that out right now and trying to figure out the best way to. Give them the support that they need and, and really be at the elbow to help them to be successful. I think any time that you work in partnership with those end users, that is a win for you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when I was CIO, putting in IT governance and committees to have every, allow everybody you know, to have a voice um, was one of the key initiatives. And, and I you know, completely agree with what you're doing um, there at Liberty, So Gretchen, throughout your career, you have been such a go-getter in terms of putting your eye on a prize and going out and getting it done and sort of figuring it out on the way. But what are some of the resources that have helped you through your career, either tangible resources or mentors, uh, good and bad bosses that have helped you along the way? Uh, Yeah, good question.
1: So I think for me i'm I've always been a fighter I've been a fighter since I was a kid and i'm gonna do i'm gonna go above and beyond i want to excel and i want to be the best at whatever it is that I do so I think that internal innate um, uh, drive that i have has has been has been a great uh personal resource for myself to tap into um honestly i I was just doing my thing I was the charge nurse in the NICU and um I had a, a, the director at the time that said, you know what, We've, we're doing this staffing and scheduling project. I really think that you would be good at this. Um, she, she saw something in me that I didn't know was there and pointed me in that direction, which was a win, right? I don't know that I would be where I am today had somebody not said, I think you could do this. I mm-hmm. never had considered a career in IT. I knew it was fun. I knew that mm-hmm. um, I liked being the one to make process. Changes, maybe it would have happened later on, but I really credit that director for really saying um, you would be good at this and nominating me and letting me run with it. Mm -hmm. I think uh, physicians throughout my career, physicians believing in me has been, Mm -hmm. you know, that partnership that I had from them. One particular, um, Dr. Kay Gerstner. I was doing a circumcision with her and I said, Hey, you know, there's this scholarship that they're doing through William Jewell college through the foundation. And I thought about applying it's for the RN to BSN program. And she said, hold on, wait a minute. You don't have your bachelor's degree. And I said, no, I don't. She goes, you are one of the smartest nurses that I know. I'm just, I'm shocked that you don't. And, you know, I said, I think I'm going to do it. Would you, would you write a letter of reference for me? And they're over our circumcision procedure as we're taking care of this (laughs) sweet little baby. Um, we, we talked about my, my path and what I want to do. And she wrote this amazing letter that was just phenomenal that I was able to turn in and help me along my way. Um, you know, Dr. Adiga, who's our, our president and CEO here at the hospital, when I said I wanted to go down into the IT path, he was the one that um, had to interview me as the physician leader. And he was so supportive. He was so supportive of me. He was then, and he still is today as my CEO. Um, So I think those people that have supported me have been key. Um, And then since being in the role, honestly, for me, networking, uh, Chime has been huge. Um, To find that network, that people, you know, in the NICU, we were a group, we were a group of women who all worked together. I came over to the IT side I didn't feel like I maybe had that core group of people that you can, you know, bounce ideas off of and, and, and do those things. And I went to the chime camp not even 30 days into my role. And um, I met this core group of people that have been amazing. And, you know, we have a text chain and we can say, Hey, what do you think about this? Or I'm going through this. Is this something that, you know, have, has anybody done this before? Mm-hmm. So I think finding that network and that group of people that you can rely on, I felt like I I found my people that day. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember wrapping up. It was a very emotional day and just saying that I have found my people. I found that core group that, that I can turn to. And then the mentors that you get through chime, you know, Mm -hmm. I've got Erin Miri, Teresa Meadows. I mean, she's a nurse. I I remember when I was the last day of the fall forum and I met her and I said, what, what do you have? You know, what advice could you give me as a nurse walking down the path that you once walked on? And, you know, Mm -hmm. we talked about going back to school and, And um, what degree I should go for, because I'm now working towards my master's degree. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I I think developing that network, finding those people that you can reach out to, that you can be vulnerable with, um, that has been key since taking this role.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way about Chime. Um, I tell all CIOs that don't know about it, and, and people that aren't even in healthcare, that it's hands down the best conference you'll ever go to. Um, The sessions are always great. The people are always great. And I enjoyed it so much um, when I was CIO and and even, you know, now that I'm with Divergent. um, What are some other things that you're passionate about outside of work?
1: So I'm I'm really excited to give back to our, our hospital foundation. So it is outside of work, but it is related to work in a way. Um, but it's more about supporting our community. So as I had just talked about, the, um, uh, the foundation was where I got my scholarship to go back to school. I went to William Jewell College here in Liberty, um, got my bachelor's degree uh, in nursing. And, you know, at the time, I didn't have the resources to go back to school. I, I didn't know if, if I was going to be able to do it. You know, I was a mom, two kids, married, mm-hmm. lots of things going on. You You put a lot of things in the way. So for me, the foundation is something that I have been trying to give back. Any opportunity that I can, if I whether it's volunteering or attending events or bidding on things that I have no business bidding on, just to give them some more money. Um, well, I'm now uh, actually just was uh, voted onto their advisory board, so I get to do a Yay. year on that, and then eventually we'll become an official board member where I get to help guide the foundation and hopefully give others like myself opportunities and scholarships and you know. Um, any anything that I can do to give back. So I'm just very excited to be a part of that. And now to be able to contribute even further. That's
0: amazing. Yeah, I feel the same way with my nonprofit. And and just it's now time to give back. And how do we help, you know, other women rise up to um, leadership roles. And um, so that's, that's awesome that you have time to do that now. What Can you tell us about um, Liberty, Liberty as it is now, and how you are a standalone hospital and your strategic initiatives moving forward for the organization?
1: Ah, so we just dropped a big one recently. Um, We are a standalone hospital currently, a 204-bed acute hospital just north of Kansas City, Missouri, and um, we've got 15 clinics. We have a great provider group. We have a fantastic board, and we have an amazing leadership team. And I'm really excited that, you know, Liberty, we're going on 50 years. I think next year is going to be our 50th year. And our area is growing at just a rapid pace. So we, there are a lot of things that we want to do as an organization to keep providing care and to expand on the care that we can provide for our community So we actually just uh, announced that we are going to be looking for a strategic partner for our our health system. We want to look for somebody who's out there who can partner with us, who can help us achieve the goals that we have to take care of our community and, you know, make sure that we are still here in another 50 years taking care of the community. That's awesome. It's very exciting. So you've done lots of things in your
0: career, Gretchen, and um, moved your way up the ranks to become a VP of IT. What are you doing to help other women rise up in your area that is known to be male heavy?
1: It is. I actually was just having this conversation with my daughter last night about um, how we can support women and build each other up. And I think I wanna serve as a mentor you know, to others. So anything that I can do to be a mentor, there are a few that are on my team here that um, I, try to, you know, I, I try to reach out to all of them, but if, if there's anything that they need for me, growth opportunities, questions, anything that I can share with them, I try to do that. Um, I think it's important that we talk about those things that are real. You know, We are in a male dominated field and, and me, I'm a healthcare worker. You know, in a in a male dominated field, where we're not all healthcare workers, so I think uh, I said sh- I should say clinician. We are all healthcare workers, um, but how can we give back to those? Is is sharing our stories? You know, how did I grow? How did I get to where I'm at? Um, share the failures. Anything that I, you know? What have I done that I failed at that I can share, and how I learned from those failures. Talking about real things like imposter syndrome. I mean when I took this role, the imposter syndrome was just so real. Like, what am I doing here? What am I, what am I doing here? Sitting in this seat. Um, so being able to have those real life conversations with people and to know that, okay, she looks confident on the outside, but she's felt that way too. And it's okay to feel that way. And, you know, push for things that we believe in fight for those things that, that, you know, you know, if something feels wrong, fight for it and demonstrate that to others um, you know, if I, I, have got to walk the walk and I've got to talk the talk, right. I have to do, um, what I want my daughter to be someday. I want to demonstrate those, those traits, those character, those characteristics, you know, I'm not, I'm not bossy. I'm just the boss, right. Those are those things that we hear as women and trying to let go of those stereotypes and just, you know, we're all, we're all in this together. Um, it shouldn't matter that we're a male or a female. Um, We're all in the role. We're all here for the patients. We're all here uh, for the right thing. So, um, you know, anything that I can do to give back is is what I would like to do going forward. Help to mentor those. I
0: love it. Yeah, I have two girls as well. And so raising them to be strong in this sort of rough world is very important to me. Um,
1: It is. And and making
0: sure they're set up with the tools to, um, you know, be successful.
1: Right, right.
0: Yeah. So you've done um, lots of stuff. I can't wait to see where you're going. I can't wait to meet you in person at Chime in November. Yes.
1: Um, Yes, I will be there.
0: And follow, you know, your organization's strategic uh, initiatives and, and see where that goes. I have one last question before we end, and I would really like to know what you see as your superpower.
1: It's a great question. Um, I would have to say empathy is my superpower. I think being able to understand others and what they're going through and and be authentic in that goes back to being at the bedside as a NICU nurse. I mean, working with, with new families in their most vulnerable times and truly understanding what they're going through, hearing them and helping them through it. I think that transitions well into my role today as VP of IT here at Liberty and that I have to build relationships with people. Um, having those positive relationships, empathy is key. Me being able to develop a relationship, whether it's you know to my fellow leaders, to our, um, our physician group, our nurses, you know, hearing from end users out on the floor and understanding the pains that they're going through and then what can I do to make it better? I think building those relationships and, and being authentic and, and understanding what they're going through I think it's key to the reason that I'm in this role today, because obviously I'm not a tech wizard. I, that's not my specialty. Um, you know, I am a caregiver. I am here to take care of patients and I'm here to do what's best for, for the greater good. Um, so I would have to say empathy. Definitely.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And like I said, I look forward to meeting you in person at chime.
1: Thank you. I appreciate you. you.
0: Thanks for tuning into The Verge Podcast, brought to you by Divergent, a leading healthcare IT consulting firm. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to hit the follow button to stay up to date with the latest IT developments and the exciting ways tech is transforming healthcare today.